This podcast features some things like mental health and eating disorders, so we'll put some links to some support services below, but listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to your very first episode of 2021 of Fierce mm. Females of History. My name's Talissa. I'm Erin. And I'm Lucy. We're back, bitches. We're back. Yeah. We're relaxed. Mm-hmm. 2020 is done mm-hmm. and 2021 is here and everything's fine again. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right? what's happened. Isn't that what it's supposed to do? Yeah, you just mm-hmm. change the date, change your life. Mm-hmm. New, new year, new us. Yeah, no yeah. problems anymore. None the world is fine. <laughs> Everything's over. COVID. I don't know her. <laughs> We're all crying. Some of the oh, capital. We don't know really, them. Don't, we don't know them. Nah, oh. I'm feeling good though, even though things are still a bit dire. But hey, we've got the podcast. Yes. We're going to help you through with some more stories of fierce females this year. A lot of exciting things in the works. I know. Right? Yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. What are what? you planning? <laughs> <laughs> well, domination probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have you guys been doing over the break? What have you been, what have you been binging? I listened to a podcast called Scattered. Oh. It's actually the second time I've listened to it because I binged it the first time and went back and listened to it over the break. It is the most beautiful story mm-hmm. I have ever heard. I cried. I laughed. It pulled at my heart. It's about a man who's actually a comedian in the US and his father was an immigrant to the country. And basically as he starts to lose his father, which will explain be explained in the podcast, he starts to learn about this life that he's led that wow. brings him to present day. And it's remarkable as a daughter of an immigrant it was really really powerful stuff i really really loved it and i recommend it to anyone anytime mm. brilliant scattered brilliant audio brilliant editing everything incredible cool Mwah. chef's kiss amazing <laughs> what about you loose i have i mean in terms of binging i watched the queen's gambit which oh. was i was very late to the party on that yeah. one yes and where the crawl dads sing so obviously i'm i'm not capable of independent thought because i just watch and read whatever everyone else is <laughs> reading <laughs> that and obviously also my fantasy books which I love but I'm trying to expand my horizons Erin I have been binge listening to a podcast and it's an Aussie podcast and it's called Bird's Eye View and it is the women from the Darwin Correctional Facility um, jail obviously and they yeah it's, it's really incredible you hear all about how you know what what they did to get in there and what it's like to be in prison and what wow. they're going to do when they get out and you know, it's 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 quite sad when you hear how they got there and a lot of them couldn't really do much to get around it, coming from really hard childhoods or abusive relationships and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then on the other hand, it's hilarious. They have the best sense of humour and it's like predominantly produced by them. Wow, it's, from in it's, there. It's recorded in there and they help produce it. It's done with ABC, so it's That's awesome. Cool. The production That's is really awesome. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool, very cool. They also walk away with, like, podcasting skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really awesome. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Bird's eye view. Good stuff. All right, shall we dive in? Yes. Whose week yes. is it? It's mine. Woo. Who have you got for us today? Well, I think off the back of season four of The Crown last year, mm-hmm. it picked up a lot of new viewers, and, of course, that had everything to do with the introduction of Princess Diana yep. mm-hmm. into the show. And I had a lot of people saying to me, because I've been a massive fan from the start of that show, I've always been a royal fanatic, I'm one of those bitches, mm-hmm. but a lot of people said to me, oh, I only, I've only watched season four because of Princess Diana, now I'm going back. Guilty. Yeah. I, wa- I saw Diana was coming in, so I watched from the start to season four just so I could watch the Diana stuff. Yeah, and it's worth it because it's an amazing show. So it's interesting. It's I haven't very watched well done. any of it. I watched this the first couple me. of episodes of the first season. I mean, I think I know enough about the royal family, but I never watched the series. Yes. See, I don't know anything. I don't really care for the royals that much. Yeah. So it was really, 
even just for like a dr- drama TV show is good. Oh, yeah, you know? such a well-made show. Mm. And and Costumes, there's been a lot of controversy sets. around like it's not accurate or it's a dramatization. Yeah, of course it's Obviously. a dramatization, but it's a very well done dramatization and it is based on real events. So and I do think it'd be just as good if it wasn't based on real people. Exactly. Do you know? It's like, so entertaining. Yeah. And the and the production and the, the cinematography and the acting and the costuming and the detail is phenomenal. Stunning. Anyways, that's from a, a royal fanatic over here. <laughs> so off the back of that, I thought it would be a cool idea to not only do Princess Diana, but kind of everything that's going to happen sort of after season four. Ooh. Yeah, because that's when things get real juicy and real scandalous. Wow. Yeah, and it, you really do see her sort of revolutionise the monarchy and really change the face of the royal family. Because she does. She goes against the grain. Like, she's a total rebel to the monarchy. Can I just say, I love... You guys pick the women with the biggest freaking stories. (laughs) I go for, like, Olga of Kiev and Mm. there's maybe, like, five sources on her and I'm like, easy peasy, I know everything. And you're like, Princess Diana, there is so much (laughs) in the public domain. And the same thing with with Oprah. Like, there's just so much to bloody get through. There is a lot. I'm just like, I'm impressed with your dedication to doing it but because that's a lot to read <laughs> in saying that i thought amana Rinas, there's not that much on her yeah last episode of the year easy done i'll pick someone who's <laughs> boss and they're awesome but like and then, you know there's not that much to read on them because there's not much written about them mm. it is so hard to paint a picture <laughs> and i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> it, you make it seem so easy it's yeah not. you do a very good job it's at really it. not easy and to be honest this I'll, I'll let you know this is a big this was a big one and there's a lot to, to do so i had to kind of keep the sort of the first half of her story, kind of what gets covered in season four of The Crown, mm-hmm. kind of short and sharp okay. so that I can kind of get a bit more into the other stuff. Yep. This is a big episode. Strap in. Okay. And okay. there's a lot of things that you may not know about her and if you do, then just rehash. <laughs> um, but yes. Okay, so spoiler alert for season four of The Crown and then I guess also spoiler alert for Princess Diana's life, lol. Mm-hmm. Controversial um, opinion, I don't think you can spoiler alert history. Exactly, exactly. But if you haven't seen season four and you don't really, <laughs> it, I don't know, whatever. Okay, so... Diana Spencer was born July 1961 at Sandringham, Norfolk, the UK. Love that. She was one of five kids to a Viscount and a Viscountess, John and Frances Spencer. Now, a Viscount was a title traditionally given to a British nobleman or like lieutenant ranking back in the day. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of just filtered down through to her family, um, through ancestry. Mm -hmm. And they're above a baron. And below an earl. Yeah. Oh, I remember that time Lucy met a baron yes, at an airport. Yes. And he asked her for a drink and she said, water? Yeah, I remember. Look, I, remember it, that. I had a long economy flight ahead of me <laughs> and I sat next to these two girls because we got, we got put on the plane first and they took us off the plane because there was a problem with the tarmac or something. That's my worst nightmare. But, <laughs> yeah. but these two girls, I tried making conversation with them because they're like my age and I was like, oh, like I'll have a chat to the people I'm sitting next to for eight hours and they weren't interested. And so he asked her if I wanted a drink and I was thinking champagne, but then I was like, do you know what? That just shoots straight through you and I don't feel like clambering over these two nasty girls. Fair. Oh. Fair. Yeah, so we, we have them to blame. I don't know if you <laughs> guys fault. knew that part of the story. Con- I just love how many times oh, brought up this story. No, I was like, I just don't want to have to deal with that. Fair. It's fair story sometimes because we bring it up like you're right, all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> but I didn't know that part of it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Lucy met a baron. Anyways. <laughs> okay. The son of a baron. Son of a baron. Will be a baron. Yes, son of a baron. So her family had ties to the British family for generations. Her grandmothers were also um, ladies-in-waiting or, like, assistants to Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, who is Queen Lizzie's mum, who is the queen we know today. Ladies-in-waiting is such a weird concept. It's a weird concept. The royalty, the monarchy is just a weird concept in general. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of weirder stuff. We all know that, don't we? They get the they get the rumour that they're all lizards for a reason. But anyways, we'll get to that later. <laughs> lizards, Lizzie, I've cracked it. <laughs> exactly, you cracked the code. Anyway, so the child... 
Diana's childhood was pretty affluent, but it was a bit rough. Her parents divorced when she was seven and she hated her stepmom. But anyways, all that aside, she did love animals and was always a very caring child. I think she entered her guinea pig into a like a competition or something. Aww. Like where they like you know how you like put dogs into like yeah. a show? Yeah. Like a show dog. She had like a show guinea pig, which just gives me so much life. Anyways. That's a full thing. Yeah. People are like super competitive about guinea pigs. Crazy. Really? And like breeding like the prize guinea pig and they've got like special fur. It's a ho- please Google it. <laughs> I got so excited I knocked my microphone. It's a whole thing. It's a passion. It's a type I don't of know. I'm torn between being like, yeah, good for you and also there's so much more to life. But Everyone let's go for the positive thing. Yeah. yeah. You never know where it may take you. There's so many weird things that I do. What's the difference between that and like making jog- dogs be like show jumpers or it's something? It's exactly the same thing. Or putting kids in a baby competition. Yeah. Mum. Bond baby search. Anyway. Don't, don't, don't even. If either of you have a child and ask me to vote for your baby for Bond's um, baby search, I'll obviously me. vote. Yeah, obviously you will. <laughs> You'll obviously <laughs> style my baby's photo shoot. I will rig the competition so they win. Oh, Anyways. Bad. Okay, so after school... She moves to London and lives with her two school friends. She was working as a preschool assistant and she also did some house cleaning for her sister, Sarah. And this is what made her the first royal. She's already breaking protocol and she hasn't even, the show hasn't even begun yet. The first royal to have a paying job before getting engaged. Also the first royal to probably have a trained guinea pig. That too. Breaking (laughs) all of the freaking barriers here. Okay, so breaking protocol, breaking down barriers, training guinea pigs, working an actual paying job. Break day. Well, she did dance. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she did do dancing. She was very good at dancing and music. Not very academic, but very good at the arts. Oh, there you go. And that's why she always was very interested in the arts. So this was around the time when she first met Prince Charles, who was originally dating her sister, Sarah. What? I didn't know that. Yes. Oh. So that's how they met. So he was courting her sister, Sarah Spencer, when he met Diana. Diana was 16. Charles was 29. And they first met in 1977. And his mum, Queen Lizzie, always kind of had the Spencer girls in mind because there was a few of them. I think there was three sisters or four sisters. Yeah. Anyway, just because of the ties, they had a title in their name. Mm. Classic. Sidebar, by this point, Charles and old mate Camilla Mm -hmm. had been very good friends for quite a few years now. They had the same sort of friendship circle. They had dated before this and there was a few, but there was a few factors that came between them getting married and staying together and seeking that marriage approval. Mm, Sure. The biggest thing was kind of Charles getting shipped off to the Navy, Um, but then Camilla also soon married Andrew Parker Bowles after that. And it is said that she loved both of them, but whatever. She also didn't have a title to her name, nor dare I say it, a virginal reputation. Oh. That old chestnut. Yeah. She'd been around town, and by that I mean she'd gone on dates with other men and lived her best life. That's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm really interested to hear this. We always hear Diana, people princess, perfect person, blah, 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 but she's the one who comes from nobility, and she's the one who's like this pure, virginal kind of girl, and then we really hate Camilla for not being that. But she's actually more of a people person. I mean, I don't know. I don't know know the story, but I'm like, her parents are a, a, a Viscount and a Viscountess, and she's the people's princess but well, she I, is I just te- think it's I'm curious to see how it plays out because I don't actually know that much she is technically a commoner though it, it I'm is. rolling my eyes I know I know but <laughs> she is technically she's a descendant of a viscount but she's still technically her parents are viscount and viscountess yeah but she's sorry that's right but technically she's a commoner in the eyes of the royal family Jesus yeah okay but that's like Kate Middleton she's not a commoner and they said she was a commoner yeah well, she is, but she We're isn't. all rolling, all right. <laughs> like, her parents are very rich. Anyways, whatever. 
back to Diana. She's living in London with her mates, working at a daycare, having a great old time. But then she meets Charles, a prince, weirdo guy. Or we're gonna guy. we're gonna tap back into him. He's the one that's the problem. Can I say? Never mind Camilla. I know. He's the one. That I have issues oh, with. Oh, a man's a problem? Oh, and they were like, oh, a man's a problem? Wow. <laughs> have you listened to an episode of this podcast before? No, I'm joking. But um, we have many show, nice men on this podcast. That's true. There have been a handful. Um, he's very cute. Oh, in the show. In the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. He does Not a great real job. life one, though. No, no, no. He's great in the show. But real Charles, of course. Diana's having a great time living in London with her besties, working at a daycare, and then a man comes along. Uh. <laughs> and it's a prince. So obviously this baby girl, she's 16, totally blown away. A prince charming has come along and he's interested in her over her older sister. Like that's just so exciting. So she gets invited to Balmoral. This is a huge test and they do a really good job of this in the TV show. Yeah, yes. I did see this episode. It's really it's well so done. Good. She impresses everyone, which is a really big deal. And Balmoral is very like, it's where they vacation all the time. The queen's like second home. It's like, the place to be so if you're there it's very personal so if you're there like it's a big deal that goes well she impresses everybody yada 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 within four months charles proposes to diana and she says yes and how old is she at this point 19. okay can i I have a question Mm -hmm. what happens to the sister because i would be gutted if the guy i was seeing passed me over for my younger sister i won't lie i feel like sarah was like you're a weirdo mate i'm good Nah, I don't know. I think she I'm met someone else. She ended up meeting someone else. I'm, I'm so sure curious. I'm sure she's fine. Well, what happened was he met Diana. I think it would be weird no matter no matter how you slice it if the guy that you're dating ends up with your sister. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sarah, Sarah and him were dating vaguely. But it wasn't like he was dating her sister and then was like, okay, I'm not going to see you anymore. I'm going to start seeing your sister. That's not how it worked. They were like hanging out. Like I understand why you think it's weird. And obviously it's super weird. Yeah. Because it's weird. But Charles was and always... Well, to an extent, was always allowed to do whatever he wanted to do. So she was dating Charles and they were, and she was like, she really liked him. And then he met Diana through her. And then he kind of like, they probably just ghosted her. Let's be honest. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. a couple of years later, started dating Diana. Okay, so there's a few years in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like immediate goodbye. I still think it's weird. But it's you know totally what? weird. That's that's, that's where the, that's where it ends. Family. It's not my biggest. Well, it's the current hang up. But this is at the this stage in the story. That's the hang up. Charles is going to get weirder. I know. It's not. The Don't age you worry. Between Charles and Diana. Oh, that that's weird. I think <laughs> the um, twelve year casual relationship. I think that's concerning. Okay, so she says yes. Poor thing. And she went against the grain again here by choosing her engagement ring from a catalogue when traditionally the ring is custom made. She's a 19-year-old girl. She's familiar with the catalogue. Good for her. (laughs) Anyway, so they get married. It's a massive deal. It's the big fairy tale hoopla. Although she had ties with the British aristocracy. The dress is hideous. The dress is very, very full on. It's taffeta. I'm sorry. It's It's all the time. Oh, and it's 80s. It's 80s. As someone from my time, I think I don't hate it. Awful. Nah, don't hate it. It's very, it's like a time capsule of the style. It's a moment. I respect it. I, I respect the historical significance. But I also think it's it's awful. <laughs> it's definitely dated. Don't and it also it. was ivory controversial because it wasn't purely white, even though that was her. Oh Which is great because the whole reason they were like, yeah, you can marry her is because she's got this virginal complex, but she didn't even wear white to her wedding. Which I think is rock star. But anyways... Around 750 million people tuned into the watching of that wedding ceremony on July 29th, 1981. Again, 80s, start of the 80s, 80s. Those sleeves were only ever going to get puffier. But fashion aside, Diana also made history on her wedding day when she famously 
refused to say in her vows that she would obey Charles. So she was like, I'm not saying that in my vows. Y'all can get stuffed. Except she said it a lot more politely. (laughs) (laughs) And with a British accent, I'm pretty sure. So four months later at 20 years old, she falls pregnant with her first bub and, of course, heir to the throne. Yeah, 20 years old. (laughs) Ah, Things were – this is the thing. Things moved very fast for this very young woman. But, like, we talk about, you know, royalty back in the day, back in – past centuries and you don't blink an eyelid at Mm. someone being that age having a kid if anything they're old having a kid at 20 years old obviously I'm not being ageist I'm making a very bad joke but this is modern times and that's why so many of these things you hear about in happening in the 80s and the 90s that she did that was just so shocking you're like that should be fine yeah because it's modern times that's how I felt a lot watching the show one I didn't realize how young she was like I had no idea because obviously I wasn't born when this was happening Mm -hmm. But watching this innocent young person be dragged into this world Mm -hmm. was just mind-boggling. And then to think it's only a couple of years before I was born as well, Mm. it's really strange. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So in June 1982, Prince William is born. Diana was the first royal to give birth to a future monarch outside of the home and in a hospital instead. Modern medicine. I know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's also believed that Charles wanted to call him Arthur, but Diana chose the name herself, William. I like the name Arthur, though. Arthur's very cute. Art is cute, but no, William it is. Princess Diana and Prince Charles embarked on their first official royal tour as a family in the spring of 1983 when they visited both New Zealand and Australia. Down under, darling. Now, big stir caused again when Princess Diana decided that baby Prince William would be joining them. Mm. Again, breaking royal protocol. They were going away for six weeks and being a new mum and a devoted mum and still breastfeeding, she was like, hello, I'm not leaving my kid at home for six weeks. And the Queen was like, why not? (laughs) Yeah, the Queen seemed to do that a lot. (laughs) I mean, she was just following tradition, you know? Yeah, true. And let's not forget, but the Queen, and now you know because you've watched the show, the Queen was not ever supposed to be the Queen. No. She was never supposed to be the Queen. So the reason why the Queen is the Queen is because of the big, fat drama that you cannot marry a divorcee. Oh, yeah, the whole Wallace Simpson thing. Yeah, her father's brother was king and yeah. he wanted to marry a divorcee, so he had to step down from the from the crown and then her dad, yep, yeah, yeah. and then her father stepped into the role and then, of course, when he passed away, she stepped up as yeah. queen. So, and a lot earlier than she'd planned to, too. Much earlier the than she The father passed away really early. And also, like, in both those cases, they were not the best-suited person for it, probably. Exactly. Like, Margaret would have been. She'd have <laughs> loved it. Could you imagine? She would have thrived. Yeah. Anyways, different times. She's been around for a really long time. (laughs) She's seen some things. Okay, so Prince William joined them on the tour, but this helped Diana make huge waves during the trip. It was obviously her first big tour and she was on public display to the world. Um, She had many iconic 80s fashion moments. Prince William on her hip, you know, she was one of the first royals to simply get down to the eye level of children when she was greeting them. Like, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> it sounds so simple. Like, come on. But but up until now, up until seeing Diana, like, getting down to the level of kids, getting down to the level of people who are, you know, disabled or not well, like, up until now, the royals were distant from the public. Yeah. You know, they were put up on this yeah. pedestal. They were like these untouchable lizard robots that like... Sat in the car and waved. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So now Diana is there, out there amongst it, having a time, being real, being a people's princess. That's kind of where it comes e- from. Okay. Got it. Anyways, so they got home and they went to go live at Gloucestershire and Charles was always away. He was always off 
rumoured to be hanging out with Camilla again. And this was really hard for Diana. Her mental health was deteriorating rapidly. Even though she had her, her baby, she was just totally lonely, totally abandoned, not feeling loved, still so young. Mm. And other members of the royal family also didn't really support her. And she also suffered bulimia really badly, mm. which she actually goes on to speak like quite I'm kind of an advocate for later on in life. The second son of Charles and Diana, my main man, Prince Harry, was born on the 15th of September, 1984. Your main man. I love Harry. He doesn't. Anyways, he was born on the 15th of September, 1984. The princess did say that her and Charles were kind of the closest during her pregnancy with Harry. So they've maybe kind of rekindled a little bit here. She was aware that their second child was a boy, but did not share the knowledge with anyone else, including Charles. And Charles wanted to apparently call him Albert. But again, Diana called the shots. Thank God. Yet again with the boys, Diana broke royal protocol by deciding to send both William and Harry to school, just like any other kid their age. Usually royals are taught at home and by a governess inside the palace. But at his mother's insistence, William became the first heir to the throne to attend a real school gasp. (gasps) What will he learn? (laughs) So from here, um, Diana... I know. And she also used to do really fun things with them, like take them to Macca's, McDonald's. They were allowed to wear real, like casual clothes out and about. And, you know, she took them to Disneyland and like made sure they lined up like everybody else. Like, Oh, treated she, them like people? I know, treated them like the people's princess, <laughs> the people's princess. Yeah, but like because for so long they were they were hidden away until they were brought, like the children, royal yeah. children were hidden away until they had to do, a, you know, a photo call. It's so strange. But for her, she was like, no, y'all are going to have fun. We're going to have fun together. Yeah. And she also, this was when she started to really pick up a lot of her humanitarian work and she would go down to, you know, the homeless shelter or the soup kitchen and help out and she'd always take the boys with her to make sure that they had a reality check. Around April 1987, at the peak of homophobia and the fear of AIDS, Diana shakes hands with a man suffering from the disease without gloves at London's Middlesex Hospital. This made major headlines because up until then AIDS was like do not come near me do not touch me I don't want to know anyone with AIDS and Diana's there shaking a hand with someone publicly her gesture was later described as the most important thing a royal had done in 200 years because it helped to dispel the misconception that the then fatal illness could be transmitted by casual contact again all bullshit that is very impressive Yeah. She also spent a lot of time visiting Africa. She continued on as an advocate for AIDS and leprosy. And she did a lot of work with the leprosy mission, um, which took her to India, Nepal, Zimbabwe. And she visited patients in a Tongagara refugee camp in July 1993. She also made sure to take William and Harry with her everywhere. I was born then. You were born in 1993? Yeah, July 1993. Um, and then the part, <laughs> in that part of the story, Tilsa Bazaz was born <laughs> on the other side of the world. Just like to take note of that. <laughs> okay, so meanwhile, while But the Diana, best is yet to come. I know, I know. And Diana was making headlines pretty much every day doing, you know, whether it was going to a ball, not wearing gloves, <gasps> not following protocol, Scandalous. or, you know, going to Africa <laughs> and speaking to people who have leprosy or AIDS or whatever. All at that same time. Her marriage was still deteriorating with Prince Charles. Unraveling like a ribbon. Yes. In 1989, Diana put a foot down. (laughs) She decided, I'm going to confront Camilla. Mm -hmm. Approaching her at a party, she said, I know what's going on between you and Charles and I just want you to know that I know, like I'm a cross-it girl and I'm not happy. And then Camilla turned around and goes, well, what are you whinging about? You know, you've got this great guy, a.k.a. the prince, and these two beautiful kids, and you've got men swooning over you left, right and centre. 
like, what's your hang up? And she um, said, um, excuse me, I would like my husband if that's okay. Jeez. <laughs> like, so how did, did, did Diana say this in an interview? Like, how, yes. how do we know about this? So this ended up coming out, um, out in a, um, a book. Ah, okay. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. There was a lot of things. And a lot of people that were close to Diana ended up – but the British press was savage. Like, Oh, that's so good because that's completely changed. Oh, yeah, I know, right? But, like, you really got to see how savage yeah. it was with Princess Diana, yeah. which then led to I feel like her untimely death. Yeah. And then, obviously, no wonder Harry acts the way that he yeah. does about the press. And exactly. Meghan Markle, like, it he makes so much sense. Exactly. It makes so much it sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then she said, I'm sorry I'm in the way and it must be hell for both of you, but I do know what's going on. Don't treat me like an idiot. That's what Diana said to Camilla. Well, like, you know, fair. I'm not dumb. So she was very lonely. She had several affairs of her own as a result with her bodyguard, an officer, an art dealer. She ended up dating a surgeon as well or a doctor as well oh. at one point. Yeah. I mean, she's fucking lonely, you know? Yeah. Okay. And she's well, not. She married him when she was. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of pressure. He doesn't want anything to do with her. So anyways, like I said, the British press was savage. It was very clear in the story of Diana and the royal family. With the phone tapping scandals. Around 1992, Camilla and Charles's affair started to become more public knowledge. And the biggest scandal was, first of all, it was mentioned in a publication of Diana, Her True Story in 1992. But then also it was followed by the Camilla Gate scandal in 93. And the Camilla Gate scandal was when the British press tapped into a phone conversation and recorded between <gasps> Camilla and Charles and it was very intimate oh, shit. and pretty disgusting. Is this the, the really gross one? Yep. It was also like the gross, so the was, really... I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So it was called Camilla Gate but it was also called Tampon Gate because in the transcripts and yeah. a- apparently an Australian publication was one of the first to break the news that this scan- this tape had been recorded but then the British press... Had, didn't hold back and they published all of the details. But our defamation laws and stuff would be very different over there. Like exactly. we're very restricted here. Exactly. Um, even more so now than then. Yeah. So in the in the tapes. Probably because of this, no, let's no. be honest. So the reason why it was also called Tampon Gate, and I told you Charles was a weirdo, is because at one point Charles says to Camilla that he wishes he could be her tampon. In the tapes he says, oh, God, I'll just live inside your trousers or something. It would be much easier. To which she responds, what are you going to turn into, a pair of knickers? Oh, you're going to come back as a pair of knickers. He then tells her, oh, God forbid, a tampax. Just my luck. Then the two joked about him being a whole box of tampons for her. Am I, like, terrible that I don't even think that's that bad? I I, I know it's bad it's because like it's when, an affair, but I think it was so random and be like, okay. That's what I mean. It's like when dirty talk goes wrong. Like It's obvious that the little freak who was homeschooled had no friends, <laughs> didn't know how to do dirty talk. He probably doesn't even know what a tampon does. No. Like Charles. It's not graphic. It's more just like... What the fuck was that? <laughs> like, if someone says to me, I'd be like, is that, all, is that the best you can do? <laughs> Shall it's I continue fine. on? So now it's public knowledge, making headlines everywhere that this that scandal Charles is happening. And wishes he wasn't king. In fact, he wishes he was a tampon. Yeah. Gotcha. Apparently. So in 1994, Charles eventually speaks up about his relationship with Camilla in a televised interview with Jonathan Dimbleby. <laughs> and he told Dimbleby in the interview, Mrs. Parker Bowles is a great friend of mine, a friend for a very long time. She will continue to be a friend for a very long time. 
He later admitted in the interview <laughs> that he's, he's become American. Yes. He later admitted in the interview that they talk like this. I can't do it. Ew. They talk like this. I am your queen. Ew. Hello. Ew, Charles. Thank you for joining me. brown gal. <laughs> what do you mean? He Ew. later admitted Ew. in the interview that he later admitted in the interview that the relationship between him and Camilla was rekindled after his marriage and irretrievably broken down in 1986. So he's like, what was I supposed to do? What was I supposed to do? <laughs> what was I supposed to do? It's a do. Do. I say tampon. I want to be a tampon. Are we being racist? <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't think we can be racist. I'm pretty sure we're we... punching up. Yeah, and so I'm pretty okay. sure that we're all descendants of English people. Yeah. All three of us oh, in yeah. some we're respect. Fine. We're fine. Yes. We can continue for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Also, on. sorry to our English uh, listeners if you do have a posh English accent. I don't think any of them speak like this. I'm, <laughs> I'm a bogan, so I can't really. Talk. Dreadfully sorry, old chap. If you do. Okay, so the world knew that you know three is a crowd. Now, let's just go on a little tangent here and talk about Diana's amazing fashion moments, which I think is going to be a heavy feature in the Instagram post. (laughs) So a lot of this had to do with her rebelling as well. And one of my favourite things is off the back of Charles airing this interview. Were they still married? Technically, yes. They hadn't divorced yet. Okay. Yeah, because this was in 94. They didn't like officially divorce until 96. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's done this interview and he said, you know, we're together, what was I supposed to do? The marriage was over mm-hmm. and we've always been friends and we always will be friends. So you, sorry, sorry, but you can't, sorry, you know? Yep. And the revenge dress. I love that dress. Yes. yes. So, so in 94, while that documentary about That was Prince, another great year, 1994. Yeah, I was born. And so was Lucy. Yeah. Okay. Not as good. Arguably better than 1993. So he said marriage had irre- irretrievably broken down Guys, in 1986. That's really creepy. The premiere event. Oh my god! So Tonight, I don't know if we're gonna keep this seven in, but PM at we've nine. got a TV on behind us, <laughs> and a boat. Diana's on the TV, and she's looking very sad. But we like you, Diana. Her confidant. Holy shit! That's so creepy. Revenge of a princess. Yes. Okay. <laughs> she's everywhere. She's always listening. I know. Okay, so he has said that the marriage is broken down in 1986. Da 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 da. And from then on, nothing else he could do about it. Him and Camilla was always meant to be, kind of thing. At the same time. Whilst that documentary about Prince Charles's infidelity was airing, Princess Diana rocked a little black dress at a Serpentine Gallery benefit. Her bold look completely dominated the headlines the following day. No longer shy die was the uh, headlines, oh. and that became known as the revenge dress. Yeah. Was Luke. that when she danced with John Travolta? No, that was okay. a different time. She was what? still with Charles when she did that. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. John Travolta. Yeah. Yes. There's that a was a famous photo of, of them dancing. Yeah, one of her gala events, because apparently she said to someone, I've always wanted to dance with John Travolta. And oh. then he was like, little lady. The, dress, the dance from that Pulp Fiction movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, the, not a fancy dance. That one. <laughs> no. She comes out with like the wig. All yeah. like grease, like dun, 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 dun. born to hand job, baby. <laughs> she does have some like strong, um, sandy, yes, energy, actually. sandy energy. Yeah. Yes, both pre and post. Yes, yes definitely. True. Now, if you don't know what the revenge dress is, obviously we'll post a photo of it. But it's this sh- little black dress. It's clingy. Had like a ruched sort of mini dress. This awesome like sash to the sash. side. Sash. Like. She had this beautiful necklace choker on. So technically, they're not supposed to have their shoulders out. As well. Controversy. I know. So she had the, the collarbone out. It was shoulder uh, off the shoulder, figure hun- hugging, looking fab. And her legs are out. Legs. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got stockings on, but yeah, legs are legs out. Legs are out. Looking legs fab. Looking great. Yep. Yep. Now, Diana did actually regularly break a lot of those royal fashion traditions, notably always wore something off the shoulder, which was a big no-no. 
She'd always go off for something bold or like form-fitting to events. She wasn't afraid to wear black outside of funerals, which also wasn't a common thing to do. Oh, but that's um, the best colour to wear. It's slimming, huh? <laughs> Not, anyways. Typically, royals don't wear black in public unless they're attending a funeral or are in mourning. She didn't always wear gloves at formal events. I said that earlier. That's always a tradition for royals to wear gloves to the opera and formal events such as banquets. She didn't stick to a nude nail polish. Contraversial. Oh I mean, it's the 80s. Yeah, imagine. And that's why she was always wearing the blue eyeliner too. She's like, guys, come on. I'm a fashion icon. <laughs> Hello? Read a headline. So, yeah, she would often wear coloured nails and even though the Queen Elizabeth's preference was always nude or nothing and she also wore suits to formal events. And royal family members always were supposed to wear suits, dresses, or skirts. I've never seen her in yeah. a suit. I'm going to Google it right yeah. now. Yeah, and that was to like a formal event, so not just like a you know humdrum affair. In '95, Diana secretly gave a very reveal. Yeah, she looks great, right? She looks She's so amazing. Cool. She is an icon. Oh my god! Yeah, there's like a one that's like a long white skirt and a tuxedo on the top. Yeah. Oh, this is epic. Yeah. You have to post so many of these photos. Oh, it's hard to choose. <laughs> yeah. I was getting distracted whilst putting this together of all the amazing photos oh, of I her. Would too. Okay, so in 95, Diana finally speaks up and she gave a very revealing interview to the BBC where she, uh, where her aides claimed that she later did regret it, but she was like, I need to speak up because this is not fair. And it was constant media and paparazzi frenzy around her life. It, this was her first solo interview and was watched by more than 21.5 million people in the UK. Oh. In the UK. Wow. So never mind the world. In the BBC interview, she addressed Prince Charles's long-time relationship with Camilla Parker Bowles. She said, A woman's instinct is a very good one. Obviously, I had knowledge of it from people who minded and cared about our marriage. There were three of us in the marriage, so it was a bit crowded. <laughs> she also didn't deny her own affair. With Bashir, which was her affair at the time, I think he might have been the doctor, and she was very un- she was very unfaithful with James Hewitt. I adored him. Yes, I was in love with him. This obviously sent the Queen into a tizzy. Within a month of the interview, her press secretary had resigned, and the Queen sent the couple a letter urging them to divorce. Because leading up to this, they kept saying to the Queen, "Our marriage is over." Like. We're, we're both fully aware of it. Mm-hmm. I am dating this doctor or I am seeing this person. Yeah. I am with Camilla. Yeah. No one is hiding anything anymore. Like, let us divorce. But, of course, divorce is a dirty word in the royal family. Because of the religion element, right? Um. Yeah, and just the tradition, tradition of the monarchy. But I think it's a religious what what religion is the royal family? They are... I think that might be um, Church of England. Church of England. Because technically, they? the Church of England came about because... I know he but. wanted to divorce his wife. So technically, no. they shouldn't have been that bothered. Church of England, yes. yes. Church of England, yes. Yeah. That's it. And also, yeah, carrying on the monarchy, obviously, is going to become difficult if everyone's divorcing. I'm just Googling, like, is the royal family, blah, blah. And then one of the Google searches is, is the royal family inbred? And it's like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, not well, it's bad now, but. um. So with all the dramatic and coming forward and doing these, these TV interviews, which were like. Such a scandal. Which, when the royal family's been so private for so exactly, long. and they are publicly speaking out Oof. to the world, the queen was like, "Okay, everyone's lost the plot. That's it. I'm put. I'm nipping this in the bud. You're getting your divorce now. I'm mm-hmm. over it." Which is like, "Thank you. That's all we wanted." As she very sad as it was, yeah, because she was so sad, and he was sad. I guess because he couldn't be with Camilla. I mean, which you he know? wanted from the start. Let's be honest. Exactly. Exactly. Like, he wanted to marry her. He from wanted the to marry her from the start. And the, like I said earlier, there was a lot of elements that stopped him from doing it. Lord Mountbatten had a lot to do with it. Who was his sort of advisor, and he worked in the. He was in the military, and he was kind of like a dad to Charles. Yeah. And he had a daughter that he wanted him to get with. 
Oh. But he knew that he was in love with Camilla. But they're related distantly. And then he, yeah, and then he, hello, that's not a surprise. Oh, I just asked the question. <laughs> yeah. But then he's the one that made sure that Charles yeeted over to the Navy. Because it was, it's his dad's uncle. Yeah. And he had a lot of control over Charles's life. Okay, so they finally end their 15-year marriage in 1996. Princess Diana continues on with her humanitarian work solo and she didn't, she wasn't technically a member of the royal family okay. anymore. Yep. But that didn't obviously stop her. I mean, neither is Fergie, yeah. is she? She's still kicking. She's still a duchess, though. She still has the title. Does she? I think so. Mm. Yeah. Duchess of York. But that's like, but that's what confuses me with Harry and Meghan because they're technically not a member of the royal family anymore, but they still have the title. I think they lost the royal they highness title. They have a title. So they lost the royal title, but they're still Duchess. Duchess and Duke, Duke, Duke Sussex. Yeah. 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 So that's the same with Fergie and that's the same yeah. with Diana. I but think. Diana might be different because she was princess. Yes. Very confusing. Let's just cut all of me out of this episode. Okay. In January. <laughs> Imagine if we did it. Just because. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> that should be funny. Super interesting. <laughs> okay. So in 1997, um, to advocate f- for the end of landmines in 1997, Diana marched through an active landmine site Jeez. in Angola. Jeez. That's how you sound it, right? Angola. Although it was considered a dangerous stunt and very controversial. I bet. Literally putting her life on the line. But to do it and make a point, because she knew how much attention she had. She knew how much the press was following her mm. around. So she's like, fine, I'm going to use this to my power. Right? And the world like pays attention when she's walking through it, but not when like school kids are walking through it the next day, you know? And that's exactly what she said. So she did it. Um, it was a very dangerous stunt. Um, but she was also benefactor of the Hazardous Areas Life Support Organisation and mm-hmm. knew that it would help garner attention for the cause, mm. which is the whole reason why she did it. She read the statistics that, that that Angola had the highest percentage of amputees anywhere in the world and that one person in every 333 had lost a limb, most of them through landmine explosions. Wow. So it, though she wasn't fucking around. Um, but she still ha- it still hadn't prepared her for the reality of it. Um, and when she was over there, she met with landmine victims, young and old, and um, yeah, so obviously that made massive headlines, which is which is what she said after she did it. She said it was just to make a point and to get the word out there. And I th- Harry went on to do the same thing. He went back to the same place yeah. and did the same thing, which is pretty cool. When she did all of this and she was doing all her humanitarian mm-hmm. work, that's when she really impressed Nelson Mandela. Oh. And that's when she met him that in guy. Cape Town, March 1997. And that wasn't long before her... Um, untimely death, actually. So in 1997, she began dating rich businessman Dodie Fayed. And mm-hmm. in August, while her boys were with the royals in Balmoral, she decided to go to Paris with Dodie. On the 31st of August, 1997, after the couple had cancelled a dinner reservation and ordered dinner to their room because the paparazzi were, like, hounding them everywhere, Shit. they thought that people in the restaurant would be undercover paparazzi. And then in the restaurant in the hotel, they thought the same thing. And so they were like, all right, we'll just get our food up to the room. And apparently Dodie was preparing to... There's rumours that he was planning to propose to her okay. on this trip because he had gone out that day to a jeweller and then got two rings delivered to the room. Wow. Oh, could have been a, just a nice friendship ring or it could have been an engagement ring, but sources close to the royals say. Or she was just going to get some cool bling that day. <laughs> yeah, very sad. So they stayed at the room and then they left and got into a limo around 12.20 a.m., kind of trying to evade paparazzi, I guess, as much as they could. And I think he had an apartment in Paris as well, so they were going to head back towards that. The paparazzi were still hot on their heels. They followed them into the Pont de la Alma tunnel in Paris. I definitely said that wrong. A tunnel in Paris. You can put the translation. Yep. And that's when her driver 
uh, Henry Paul lost control of the limo and crashed. The driver and Dodie both died on the scene and Diana was rushed to hospital where she was later pronounced dead. An autopsy report revealed that the driver was three times over the legal blood alcohol limit. Wow. Oh, shit. And was anyone wearing a seatbelt? No, I don't believe so. Her bodyguard survived the crash. Okay. But yeah, it was, yeah. And that's, again, why Harry and William hate the press and there's those awful well weren't there stories of like the press trying to take photos of them in the car yeah and, yeah. yeah they didn't stop it Jeez. was it was chaos after her death you really the, would think that at that point your basic human decency would kick into gear and say no, i'm not serving no. anyone by taking these photos Mm-mm. but they were vultures yeah they were absolute vultures from the get-go with her and imagine like that life like that would just be so your anxiety and stress and you look like a bird in the cage. Pressure. Yeah, you're in, okay. you're in yeah. Paris and you yeah. can't leave your hotel room. Like, Yeah. Mm. Mm. Scary stuff. So after her death, the Queen copped – not the Queen's death. After Diana passed away, the Queen copped massive backlash. Diana was no longer married into the royal family, so the Queen was nece- not necessarily considering a traditional funeral protocol. She also hadn't spoken publicly and she was just hiding out pretty much in Balmoral. She didn't write anything. And there was no flag flown at half-mast. Oh. It was a whole thing, yeah. And the public was obviously like, the fuck, mate? Are you kidding? Oh, Diana was the best thing that ever happened to this family. Also, like, what do you lose exactly. from a bit of compassion? Exactly. Like, exactly. literally nothing. Exactly. So eventually she, I think after a few days, the pressure mounted and she went back to uh, back to London from Balmoral and she delivered a TV address basically, you know, dedicated to Diana's life and telling people to follow her example. The, the funeral itself was televised on the 6th of September to an audience, a British audience that peaked 32.10 million people, which was the highest viewing in the UK ever. That's more than the entire population of Australia. 2.5 billion people yeah. viewed worldwide. Yeah, that's a lot of eyes. And then obviously there was a thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people at the actual funeral as well. Elton John, who was a very close friend mm. of Princess Diana, adapted his tribute to Marilyn Monroe, Candle in the Wind, for Diana's funeral and recorded the new version to raise money for causes that Diana had supported. 2.5 billion people, as I said, uh, viewed the funeral via TV or in person. Her grave is on an island in an ornamental lake on her family's estate. It is surrounded with four black swans guarding the tomb and oak trees, numbering 36 for the years of her life on the path to the grave. $150 million in donations were received in the week following the creation of the Diana Princess of Wales Memorial Fund which was created just after her death, and that fund still supports many causes that were important to her during her lifetime. Mm. That's really sad. Oh! <laughs> you know why I'm crying? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because she was such a monumental impact to the world, let alone the British family. And on that note, you know, obviously she, she broke down a lot of barriers and a lot of walls to a point where she kind of had to. She didn't really have a choice. And as we've seen, that's carried through with her own kids. Yeah. You know, Harry and Will followed their mum. You know, they married Kate and and Meghan and they both ditched the obey vow in their wedding ceremonies. Obviously, we know they they had their babies in hospital because we were all waiting in anticipation for them to come out (laughs) on the steps. Which is buck wild. They should not have to come out hours after pushing and present their child out of their child. I know. <laughs> well, like a perfect blowout too. Pretty iconic. Um, so yeah, they had their kids in a hospital. They sent their kids to a real school. 
they brought them on royal tours, of course, Baby George at Australia Zoo, well, Tronga Zoo, good times. And Kate and Megan, yeah, like I said, they ditched the obey vow in their weddings. So, yeah, she's made a massive impact. She was an icon. She was a game changer. She was a fierce female. Mm-hmm. She went against the rules and is all the better for it. And so is the monarchy. Yeah. Mm. So, right on, sister. Well, thanks for that, Erin. Fierce Females. Very fascinating. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of the Fierce Females of History. I hope you enjoyed it. We're back. <laughs> we're ready. We're fired up. We're getting into it. Crying already? Great. Crying already. Tulsa's has already cried. <laughs> it's all happening. <laughs> I've gotten angry about the monarchy. <laughs> yeah. We've insulted men. We're doing well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On brand. I went to the gas tampons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As always, you can find us on social media at Fierce Females Podcast, Fierce Females of History on Facebook. You can email us. It's fiercefemalesofhistory at gmail.com. And if you've got some time, scroll down to the bottom of wherever you're listening and rate us five out of five and give a little comment as well. Why not? Yes. Hi. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> or she doesn't She doesn't send out a lot of um, coded messages, this particular woman, so it's a little bit trickier. Phone tap, But, right? yeah, you could, find, you could do a phone tap or you could... Just wear a series of dresses and outfits that kind of break the protocol and we will we'll pick up on the code that you're rebelling against the system. It's not a very specific message, but we'll be cheering you on as you break down those little barriers. Nice. <laughs>